When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. Celebrates the work of Bob Dylan one song at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, the freewheeling Rob Kelly, and joining us this week to talk about Bob Dylan's Oscar winning song, the Oscar winning Things Have Changed from the soundtrack to the film Wonder Boys, is our friend Daniel Stefanski. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rob. I'm, I'm happy to be here to talk about this song today. I'm very happy to have you here. This is exciting because, I mean, you know, Oscar winning, you know, <laughs> the, yeah. man, the man's won a lot of awards, but uh, an Oscar is something extra special. But before we even get to the song, uh, as I ask all our, our new guests, like, how did you come to Bob Dylan? How did you come to find the music? Sure. You know what? Um, I don't know if you remember. It was around like 2003 or four. Rolling Stone was putting out all these like, you know, 50 greatest albums of all time. Sure, sure. 100 Greatest Songs or whatever, basically clickbait before clickbait happened. <laughs> right. And uh, I was working in high school at the public library in town, so I'd put away all the magazines and the books, and I was really into the Beatles, and I was you know, flipping through, I think it was the greatest albums list, and I think um, it might have been Highway 61 was either two or three. I think Sgt. Pepper was number one, but anyways, I thought, wow, I love the Beatles, I should really check this Bob Dylan guy out. So, um, the first, I think the first thing I had was the essential Bob Dylan compilation. And that song that actually has things changed on it. The song we're talking about today. So I listened to that. I thought it was weird that, uh, it was the same guy who sang lay lady lay is blowing in the wind. (laughs) But, uh, after that, I think the first album I really liked was new morning because it kind of, you know, reminded me of rubber soul by the Beatles a little bit. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, took it from there. So, yeah, it's been a, w- a long time with Bob and me. Hmm. Okay. That's, uh, yeah. It's, uh, well, then, you know, that Rolling Stone list did what it was supposed to do. You know, it was supposed yeah, to introduce, introduce people to it, and that's that's what it did yeah. for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, so this is, uh, again, this is the song Things Have Changed. Now, just the last episode uh, that uh, we covered on the show, we talked about uh, George Jackson, which was a single that Bob Dylan released. And so that's, you know, it's a unique uh, song in the Dylan history in that it, it didn't appear on an album. It's a one-off. This is another one that's a one-off in that it didn't ever appear uh, on a Bob album proper. As you just mentioned it, there was, it's been on compilations and it's been on greatest hits because this was definitely, you know, a notable song. But this this appeared solely on the Wonder Boys soundtrack. And the Wonder Boys was a 2000 film comedy drama directed by Curtis Hansen, who previously did uh, L.A. Confidential. It stars Michael Douglas as a, a writer, um, a sort of frustrated writer named uh, Grady Tripp. And he's a novel. I'll read from the Wikipedia entry. It says, Professor Grady Tripp is a novelist who teaches creative writing at an unnamed Pittsburgh university. He's having an affair with the university chancellor, Sarah Gaskell, Frances McDormand, whose husband, Walter Richard Thomas, is the chairman of the English department, which Grady is a professor. And the whole, the whole gist of it is that Grady wrote this amazing book, uh, years ago, and everyone is waiting for his second book. And the second book is this 
monster of a project that Grady will probably never finish because, of course, he's afraid of failure. He's afraid of, of living up to the promise of his first book. And so this, this book is just this thing that's like, you know, 5,000 pages and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And so Grady's a bit of kind of a, a, a wastrel, you know. He's just kind of wasting his life because he's afraid of failure. And the song, Things Have Changed, is sort of, I guess – from Grady's perspective a little bit, but it's, it's Grady at the worst part of his life. Cause this song is, mm-hmm. uh, despite its peppy beat, uh, it's pretty downbeat. Uh, it had features a lot of uh, nightmarish, even apocalyptic imagery. Uh, I mean, it starts out with a worried man with a worried mind, no one in front of me and nothing behind. There's a woman on my lap and she's drinking champagne, got white skin, got assassin's eyes. I'm looking up into the sapphire tinted skies. I'm well-dressed waiting on the last train Standing on the gallows with my head in a noose. Any minute now, I'm expecting all hell to break loose. People are crazy and times are strange. I'm locked in tight. I'm out of range. I used to care, but things have changed. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. ugh. <laughs> yeah. it's kind yeah. of a downer. And, uh, yeah, it does start with that jaunty sort of, acu- you know, it, it's acoustic, but it sounds louder than that for some reason because it's really grooving. But uh, the weird thing is I, I've seen the movie. I I mean, I, I do see some parallels between the lyrics and, you know, what what happens in Wonder Boys. But I, I, I'm not so sure that Bob really was trying to be too specific to that particular movie. I don't know what you think about that. But um, it, it seems to me that it, it, it's sort of like his ultimate statement of his late career, this song. I mean, he opens with it. Um, I know this recent tour, he opened with it every single time. He's played it over 800 times, I think, since it came out. So, yeah, I, I have it here 820 times between 20, 2000 wow. and 2017. So it's yeah. obviously a, he's obviously very proud of it. And as we all know, as we've mentioned on previous shows, he brings the Oscar with him uh, on tour. Yeah. And there's been times where he has taped it to the amp. Uh, I, I saw it when I saw yeah. him in concert around 2002. I, there was the Oscar. I saw it on the amp because I was close enough to see it. So he's clearly very, very proud of it. And the whole Oscar-winning part of we'll get to later on in the show. So, yeah, obviously this is something that Bob is really quite proud of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, now he plays it with a little bit more of a piano-driven open. But um, I, I kind of have a theory about this song. I, I'm probably wrong, but I do get the sense of it, it reminds me a little bit of in the category of his uh, "Screw You" songs, sort <laughs> of uh, positively Fourth Street or maybe Idiot Wind, something like that, where he, he, you know, he's using that word "change." Obviously, he's known for times are changing, and now he's saying, you know, things have changed. I used to care, now I don't. Um, but, but, and it also reminded me in another way of the song "Most of the Time" because he's saying most of the time I don't think about her in the song "Most of the Time." But it's pretty obvious that he means by that all the time I'm thinking about her and I can't escape from this person. Um, and, and this song seems to me his attempt to sort of look back on his life and tell us about the things that he used to care about. Uh, that's what I think. I could be wrong, but if you look at some of the lyrics, um, the reference to the Bible, if the Bible's right, the world will explode. Um, that really reminds me of you know, obviously his gospel era and those three albums in there. Um, I'm in the wrong town. I should be in Hollywood. Uh, we all know he moved from, I think it was Woodstock, uh, or New York city to to Malibu. Yep. To Malibu. Um, he says something about, uh, going to dress in drag. 
Um, that reminded me of Rolling Thunder, you know, the, the paint on his face that he would wear. Hmm. And, um, you know, some of the lyrics from Abandoned Love, where he says, you know, everybody's wearing a disguise. Um, you know, and it just sort of he's trying to show his humanity as he gets older. You know, he's saying, I, you know, I hurt easy. I don't show it. Uh, you can hurt someone and not even know it. You know, he's trying to say, you know, I've gone through this journey of life and here are some of the things that I've cared about. And, um, you know, or I used to care about it doesn't mean I'm disregarding them. But, you know, this is what it is. That's sort of, you know, all of it is water under the bridge. Which the- he literally says that at one point in the song. He says a lot of water under the bridge, a lot of other stuff, too. Don't get up, gentlemen. I'm only passing through. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's probably very accurate. I mean, again, it's of course when you're talking about any Bob Dylan song, there is no right or wrong. It's what it is. Yeah. It feels to you, but yeah, it, it's if you listen to the lyrics and take them straight on, it does seem very downbeat. But then you do think about that. You know, he could be. It's this could be a, a version of the idea of uh, like a Rolling Stone, where it's, when you've got nothing, you've got nothing left to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like I'm free now. Uh, I used to care about all the stuff that dragged me down, but I don't care anymore. And now I'm, you know, things have changed. I'm free. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, he's, he seems to return to the, the, the sort of bad part of his life when he's saying people are crazy and times are strange. I'm locked and tight. I'm out of range. And then it's, I used to care, but things have changed. So, yeah, he's kind of escaping that. And if you watch the video, there is a video for this song uh, directed by Curtis Hansen. And mm-hmm. the, the video itself is very silly. Uh, yeah. It seems almost at odds with the lyrics because uh, it's Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire's yeah. in it. Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. Michael Douglas is in it. It's intercut. Foot Bob footage of Bob is intercut with footage of the movie, so it makes Bob look like he's in the movie. So there's yeah. a, there's a scene in the um, kind of like the bar where Katie Holmes comes across the bar, and in the movie she reaches out to dance with Michael Douglas. Uh, and of course, that's a big deal because it's like Katie, Katie Holmes at that time was like 21 and this you right. know, young, gorgeous woman. And here she is flirting with this old gray guy. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Tobey Maguire kind of give him a look like, oh, boy. And in the video, that's Bob. Bob is the one who's dancing with Katie Holmes and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this intercut of him in a pork pie hat eating a sandwich while he's yeah. singing. So Yeah, and, and also, yeah, he's in a diner sort mm-hmm. of. It, it almost appears like he's giving – toby mcguire advice or something yep, yep, like yeah and he's smoking the cigar he's driving the big cadillac it's like very dylan-y i think yeah. <laughs> that video yeah so it's like despite the lyrics it does have kind of a it has a lighter tone and and you know this song also introduces i like it's a lot of um one-off characters dylan's great at that these these characters that have these incredible names and you don't know what it means but they just sound intriguing because near the Uh-oh. end he says mr jinx and miss lucy they yeah. jumped in the lake. I'm not that eager to make a mistake. Mr. Jinx, what a great name for a character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a, this just wild internet rumor that those were the names of his cats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that, that would be funny if that was actually true, though. I would love that if that was true. Yeah. I would absolutely love that. That's a great idea. Yeah, but, it's a, it's a, it, part, again, part of the reason it, it, to me it works is that it's, it's, it's so peppy. The beat is so peppy. I mean, it's... In terms of the band, this is his his is his road band that performed this. Uh, it's got uh, uh, Charlie Sexton and Larry Campbell on guitar, his longtime bassist Tony Garnier, and David Kemper on drums. So this this these are his road guys. These are guys he's very familiar with. And um, David Kemper was quoted at the time by saying, "We were touring, had a day off in New York, 
Bob said, tomorrow, let's go into the studio. I got a song I want to record. We went in and played Things Have Changed with Only an Engineer. We did two takes. The first was a New Orleans thing. The second was What You Hear. So in about five hours, we learned it, recorded it, and mixed it. Imagine that, being able to just five hours go in, bang, done, and out the door. You know, that's it. Oh, I'm going to go win an Oscar for this, by the way. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting about this song? I think I've heard Dylan say something, or read that Dylan said something to the effect of Love and Theft was the first album that he really made. I think he produced it himself under the name Jack Frost or right. whatever. But it was, the, he, it was the album he's wanted to make. He wasn't being twisted or tied in one direction he was done with daniel lanois you know the atmospheric stuff with time out of mind to me like things have changed and forward really kind of represents like okay this is this is the kind of music i want to make now you know this old-timey sort of blues stuff so it, it almost and i think this was released a year before love and theft and what yep. three years after time out of mind yep so it makes sense to me is almost like kicks off his later era to me that kind of wraps up with Tempest. If you look at it that way, too, um, you know, if you look at maybe from Oh Mercy to Time Out of Mind as a separate era, um, you know, to me, this song is like his introduction to this is what I do now. And, you know, hence, maybe that's why he opens with it so frequently. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, yeah, you're the, you're the second guest to talk about that. They think that Tempest is sort of the end of one particular era of Dylan, and I never really thought of it that way. But now that you know, basically he's been doing those crooner albums. Yeah, since he's Tempest, the it, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, it certainly does su suggest that the Love and Theft, Modern Times, Together Through Life, and Tempest era of Bob has come to a has come to a close, which you know makes me sad because I really like those records. I think yeah, actually, I thought that was be the last era of Bob, so to speak. You know, I didn't know if he was going to move into this Sinatra thing, but, right. um, you know. You never know with him. Um, yes. I, we did mention that there were, they did cut an alternate version, which is that Kemper said has a New Orleans thing. And then uh, Chris Shaw, engineer Chris Shaw, who's worked with Dylan a bunch of times, says, has confirmed that there was another version, which was really great, which had kind of a New Orleans shuffle to it. It says here, Shaw hoping to include this unreleased version on volume eight of the bootleg series, Telltale Signs, but the studio recording could not be located. Nah. Oh, oh, we just lost it. No big deal. Yeah. It's just a recording by the greatest living recording artist of the last half of the 20th century. Yeah. We just misplaced it. Not a big deal. Uh, no, yeah. Well, they, I think what they put on um, the bootleg series was uh, a live version yep. of this one, which, I mean, it's it, it sounds like Bob playing live now. I don't know if it's really that great, particularly of a version of the song, but... Yeah, I'm very frustrated that it was lost. Come on, guys. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, geez. Um, the, uh, the one last verse that I, I think are, is really interesting, and then in, in, in the context of how this was later played at the Oscars is, uh, and you mentioned this part, he says, I heard easy, I just don't show it. You can hurt someone and not even know it. The next 60 seconds could be like an eternity, which feels like Bob's kind of shot at uh, commercialism, sort of, you know, the next 60 seconds. Well, that's the length of a commercial break. You know, mm -hmm. um, it could be that, and especially when you think about that, Bob has since become a uh, commercial pitch man. Yeah, uh, you know, it suggests certain. This things. song is is in his commercial for Chrysler during the Super Bowl. That's right. And you That's can hear right. it, you can hear it in the background. Yep. So, uh, going to get going to low down, going to fly high. All the truth in the world adds up to one big lie. I'm in love with a woman who don't even appeal to me. Um, hmm. Uh, yeah. I will say. 
uh, that when I first heard this song, um, I was in a relationship with someone who didn't appeal to me all that much. So that line really, uh, really stung uh, at yeah. the moment. Uh, so, you know, Bob's able to, to reach into my brain and, and find things in there that I didn't even know existed. So thanks a lot for that, Bob. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is, this is, this is a, a, just a terrific song. I mean, this is just terrific. And uh, it was nominated for an Oscar for best original song. Uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, he, and then uh, later on Bob performed at the Oscars. Now, normally the Oscars do not allow um, people to either tape their pre-record their performances and beam mm-hmm. it in. But this is Bob Dylan. Uh, I guess Bob's a little special oh. and uh, they probably knew Bob was going to win. So they had Bob beam in live from Australia where he was on tour. And so, uh, after an intro by Jennifer Lopez, who talks about that Bob Dylan has written over 500 songs, um, they bring in Bob Dylan, and it was a very, very unique performance. Have you, are you, have you seen this? Uh, yeah. Performance? And, oh, yeah. I totally recommend if you haven't seen the video. It, 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 because of the satellite thing, it's almost like he's being beamed in from like Planet Bob Dylan. <laughs> like, oh, you just see this close-up of his face. He's wearing a sharp, you know, looking outfit. And, and he's sort of like the song is cool, calm, collected, very even keeled. That's the impression you get from from Bob and the band there, too. I mean, they just really nail the song. And and Bob is sort of looking. I don't, it's hard to tell the way he's looking at. So he's looking at something in the beginning that's sort of off camera a little bit. And it's just it's just sort of, a to me, like a mythical performance. You're like, whoa, all of a sudden he's there. And um I don't know if you've seen the video, but you can see like oh, the yeah. crowd sitting there watching yep. it. You know, they show and it's just like they they do zoom out a few times and show the band like you can see Tony and they're, uh, they're, they're but, in a very tight space. I mean, the camera yeah. is uncomfortably close to Dylan's face. I mean, you, oh, get, yeah. you get about as close to him as you're ever really going to get other than being with him in person. It's a very interesting uh, way of yeah. shooting it. I watched it live. I was about as excited as I ever have been. Uh, to, to to watch the Oscars was knowing Bob Dylan was nominated. It was it was really amazing, um, and Bob won. Bob won the Oscar, and he had a speech uh, which I will play later on in the show. It's a very heartfelt speech. Um, you know, D- Bob Dylan is a big movie fan. He always has been. His uh, I've mentioned on the show yeah. previously that his uncle ran a movie theater, so I mean he grew up seeing movies. Uh, his movie his songs are dotted with movie uh, lines, and so it must be kind of amazing to win an Oscar, you know, to, to win something that it just seems so um, impossible, even for someone of his stature. Uh, I mean, he was never even nominated for knocking on heaven's door. So it's the same, you know, I mean, times, again, times have changed. Uh, back then in 73, Bob Dylan was probably not going to get nominated for an Oscar, but 2000, sure. And, and he won, he won, he gives this great speech. And, you know, this is just a little thing that, that is, is personal to me about with Bob Dylan. And this goes back to, when he when he was awarded the um, Lifetime Achievement Award for the Grammys in 1991, I don't know if you're familiar with that performance where he sang Masters of War, and in that is that the one where he gives a speech something like My Daddy once yep. told me to be yep. so defiled in this world. Okay, yep. yeah, that is that I is my single favorite live thing I've ever seen Dylan do, and I, at some point I want to do a whole show about that moment. But there's a, there's a moment there where after he wins, he looks a little bewildered because I don't think he's sure where he's supposed to go. Anyway, he gets handed the Grammy, and he looks just a little discombobulated. And behind him, 
there's this uh, very beautiful woman who is like the typical kind of model that they hire to hand the Oscar, hand, yeah. you know, hand statues. And this woman is giggling at Bob Dylan. And, and I think because she's kind of like, what is this crazy old man doing? Yes. You know, and that that always kind of bugged me a little because it's like, well, what are you, you know, we, this is Bob Dylan. What are you laughing at? And so similarly in this Oscar performance, when Jennifer Lopez cuts to the feet of Dylan, all of a sudden we see this giant shot of Dylan's face and you hear Jennifer Lopez giggle. And I'm a little like, yeah. you know, the beautiful people are always laughing at Bob Dylan. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, you know, they're always kind of like, who is this crazy old man? And I'm like, it, that just gets my goat a little. Yeah. I, you know, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, and after, after that was such an amazing performance to me. I, something about it, I think being beamed in from another place almost made it better. I, I, I don't know if you agree with that, but you know, something about it being from Australia, it's on the screen, you know, this close up of Bob, it's a, you know, it's an absolutely great performance and just him saying, I don't care anymore. Like, you know, <laughs> they're all like, what he's supposed to, you know, he's not sort of, because I still think, you know, uh, the popular image of Bob, I think he shed this a little bit, but he still hasn't been able to shake uh, sort of the image of him as this uh, civil rights era folk singer, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's certainly part of him. But but he's so much more than that. But in terms of the popular culture, it's like, oh, this is the guy who's saying blowing in the wind and things have changed. I mean, sorry, and the times where they are changing. Right, right. Here he is saying, I don't care, you know? <laughs> so, right. um, you know, in that way, I, I really think it's it's great. And and you're right about, you know, movies. I know going all the way back, I think in Chronicles, he talks about James Dean and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rebel Without a Cause and, and those and that stuff. And uh, that could relate to, you know, the, the line he said, you know, I'm in the wrong town. I should be in Hollywood, <laughs> you know? Which is funny because he's addressing, you know, he's addressing Hollywood in the song who's listening to it right. in that performance. But I always looked at that as him saying, I'm going to move to L.A. But I, <laughs> I loved I remember the time after the Oscars was, was over, uh, I think his Entertainment Weekly do, does like their typical post Oscars issue and they okay. get interviews and they found Jeff Bridges. And because uh, Jeff Bridges was there, I forget what he was nominated for. Maybe it was just. Big Lebowski or yeah, no. something. maybe you might just just been there, but anyway, people were asking. They were asking everybody, "Oh, what were your favorite parts?" And Jeff Bridges said, uh, "Seeing Bob Dylan," and he said something to the effect of, um, "I am so lucky that I have been on planet Earth the same time as Bob Dylan to appreciate his music." And I never forgot that. I was like, oh, "Go right on, Jeff." You know, it's like good for you, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. And of course, I think you know they're friends. He was later in uh, Masked and Anonymous and. Uh, one of Dylan's songs is in the Big Lebowski, so I'm sure these those guys have, have hung out together and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think having Bob beam in from Australia does give it that extra level of just Bob going to be Bob. You know, yeah. he's going to do what he wants to do, and he's going to he he takes his touring very seriously, and uh, he's not going to go cancel some dates just to go do a gig. I mean, I think that's part of the reason he didn't show up at the Nobel ceremony which he got a bunch of shit for because I think he was on yeah. tour and he's like, I don't cancel dates. Bob, Bob's yeah. very he devoted really to that kind of thing. Yeah. He's, he's totally committed to that. So I, I, it sort of plays into that as well. You know, he's in, a, he's not even here to accept this award, but it's because look what, you know, that's him. He's touring, he's a touring constantly and just, he's like a showman now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I saw him, I don't I saw him this most recent tour in Connecticut and I had that same feeling that, uh, that I guess I can relate to Jeff Bridges where 
you know, I was sitting about in the third row and I hadn't seen Bob play since 2008, I think. And uh, just his presence there, you're just like, whoa, okay, here he is. You know, this, this, you got to soak this in. It's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you never get used to it. You're like, wow, Bob Dylan is, is right there. He always looks a little shorter than I, than I thought he would, but <laughs> still just packs a punch, you know? Yeah, it's some. It's hard to reconcile sometimes when you when I've seen him. How many times have you seen him? You said at least twice. How many times? Uh, I've seen him three times. Okay. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the 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 last show that you saw? Oh, it was great. I mean, just you know, the mixture of I actually really enjoyed the Sinatra songs because I could tell that Bob is putting more into them almost. Yeah. He is, for example, "Long and Wasted Years" or something like that. Just the way he holds the mic. And and kind of straddles it. If if you watch his uh, Letterman, his last Letterman performance, which was Letterman's last show, right? The way he kind of stomps around stage and holds the mic, kind of like an old crooner or lounge singer, uh, he he does a lot of that, and you can tell he's really into it. There's a lot of passion in the performance, and you know, for for a man his age, I mean, I I only hope to have that amount of energy, you know, just. Uh, and, and honor, you know, he's there to, you know, I, I always think I'm there to honor Bob with my presence. I don't care if it's good or not, you know, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. been good every time I've won. So that's exactly how I look at it. Every year, every time Bob comes around the town, uh, me and my friend Dan try and go and see him because it's like the least we can do is show up. You know, he's out there. He's hoping he's 70, 75 years old, um, 76 now, actually. And, uh, you know, he's he's out there doing it and the least i can do is see what he has to offer me and i, I always come away rewarded and in, in some way um so yeah and then like you i i will never get i've seen him 21 times now i think i will never really ever get used to the idea that i'm in the same physical space as this guy you know i'm like this is oh, a guy okay. who's met presidents he's met popes he's met you know every history he's met john lennon you know what i mean like this is a guy that's hung with the beatles and the stones and the these titanic figures of history, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King, this guy has <laughs> yeah. been with, you know, and yet here I am in the same physical space as this guy. That just doesn't make any damn sense to me. So, uh, so the Oscar thing is very, very charming because you can just hear Bob just sounds so utterly flustered and you don't hear that a lot. You know, Bob Dylan does not sound flustered easily, but uh, the idea that this is a, you know, the skinny little kid from Minnesota is now holding an uh, there's an Oscar statue out with his name on it. It's got to be amazing. And the other, the last thing I want to mention in the song is you mentioned the band. Um, when Bob wins, those guys are all grins. And like you see Tony Garnier like slap him yeah. on the back, and it's it's such a sweet <laughs> thing. They're just so happy for him uh, that they that, that Bob won an Oscar. It's just so it's such a delight. I when I I watched the Oscars that night at a friend's house who used to have these Oscar parties. And when Dylan won, I did a victory lap around his, around his house. I just got up and ran. I was like, woo! I just ran around. I was so oh, excited. Yeah. I, I love the reaction of his band, too, because – and I think – I forget what song it is, but he, he – I think it might be off Tempest. He says, like, I have a – oh, no, it's off Modern Times. Maybe uh, He has a group of people, and they follow my code or something like that. Do you know what song I'm talking about? I do. I'm blanking uh, on it at the moment. But, yeah, I think it's yeah, A Talkin', it, which is Modern Times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, uh, so I always think of his band, like, those are his boys there, yeah. and they're boring, and, <laughs> and they're all buddies playing cards or whatever. Oh, so I like, just always, um, I've talked about that so many times. Like, what it would got to be like to be a hang out with Bob Dylan all the time. That's just the stories you must have. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a terrific song. This is a a late pinnacle, late career 
high point for the guy. Uh, the video was a lot of fun. Like you said, go go check it out. It's really fun to watch Bob intermix with Robert Downey Jr. and Michael Douglas and all these guys. And it's it's just it's terrific. It's absolutely terrific. So uh, I guess that's yeah. going to do it. Is there anything else you want to say about the, the song before we wrap up, yeah. Daniel? No. The last thing I'll say is um, I remember when I first heard this song. I, for some reason, I always pictured it in my mind as a almost like a graphic novel where I saw this old man sitting on his back porch, you know, looking into the skies at night and thinking back on his life of different events and just sort of penning this song. So that's kind of the, Im- I don't, for whatever reason, that's the image I've always had. And uh, I really, you know, I, this song is a treasure to me and, and I really appreciate it. Even the fact that he says, I used to care, uh, I used to care, but things have changed. To me, there's a lot in here that shows that, that he actually does care and, mm-hmm. uh, and is still an engaged person artistically and in life. So it's really, I think, one of his best songs from 2000 up easily. So, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. So, well, awesome. Well, Daniel, uh, thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And thank you for wanting to come on, man. This is, I love talking to new Dylan fans. This is like the most fun thing to do is to talk, talk to new people. So thank you so much for coming on. And where can people find you on the internets if they want to? Sure. There's a little blog. Um, it's 95northct.blogspot.com. And uh, a lot of that's about Bob and other stuff. So check that out if you want. All right. We'll have that link in the show notes. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Of course, if you want to find back episodes of the show, go to the network site, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com. And you can follow the show on Twitter at pod underscore Dylan. And I do want to thank uh, Expecting Rain, which is like the premier Dylan fan site. They always, uh, every time we have a new episode, they put a link up to the show and they promote it and that really gets it to the right people that want to hear it and I think that's why the show uh, kind of is as popular as it is and so I want to thank them for always linking to the show it it really really helps so uh, thanks everyone for listening and until the next episode we will see you later bye a worried man with a worried mind no one in front of me and nothing behind there's a woman on my lap and she's drinking champagne That white skin got assassin's eyes I'm looking up into the sapphire tinted skies I'm wild dressed Waiting on the last train Standing on the gallows with my head in the noose Any minute now I'm expecting all hell People are crazy and talks are strange I'm locked in tight, I'm out of range I used to care, but things have changed And the Oscar goes to... Bob Dylan for things have changed
Oh, good God, this is amazing. Uh, I've got to thank um, Curtis Hansen for uh, encouraging me to do this song, and everybody at Paramount, Sherry Langsing and Jonathan Dolgen, but especially Curtis, who just kept at it and, uh, and said this song was right and just encouraged me to do it so much, and I'm so glad I did. Uh, everybody at Columbia Records, uh, record, my record company who supports me all through these years, uh, Tommy Mottola, Donnie Einer, Larry Jenkins, uh, Will Botwin, John Gracias, everybody like that up there. I want to say hello to my, all my family and friends out there watching. Um, uh, and I want to thank the members of the Academy who, who um, were bold enough to, uh, to, to give me this award for this song, which uh, obviously a, a, a song that doesn't pussyfoot around or turn a blind eye to human nature. And um, God bless you all with peace, tranquility, and goodwill. Thanks. By the way, it was great seeing Bob Dylan live from Australia, which has an 18-hour time difference, which to Bob is normal. <laughs>